0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the TCB Radio Network podcast, where we are celebrating the life and memory of Elvis Presley with a mission to share his legacy with the world. My name is Peter Alden.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Krista Joy, founder of TCB Radio Network, and I want to let you know that tonight's show is co-hosted and sponsored by PeterAldenEntertainment.com and PeterAldenLive.com. Peter Alden is a classically trained vocalist with a voice like velvet who performs everything from country to pop while specializing in the golden era of rock and roll. Based in Orlando, Florida, but able to travel all over the world, Peter Alden can come to you. Please support TCB Radio Network by hiring Peter Alden for musical entertainment or to MC at your next event. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Peter Alden Fans.
0: We also want to thank Lee Douglas at www.oldtimernr.com for converting our show to iTunes. We appreciate you, Lee. Make sure to check out Lee's fantastic site and listen to his weekly shows, All Oldies Music with No Commercials.
1: Tonight, we have on tap for you some big announcements and exciting changes here at TCB Radio Network and our fantastic interview with recording artist, author, and friend to Elvis, the dynamic Don Wilson.
0: Here at TCB Radio Network, our official mission statement and tagline since day one has been that we are celebrating the life and memory of Elvis Presley with a mission to share his legacy with the world. We are an unofficial fan site not affiliated with Elvis Presley Enterprises. Our passion is to provide you with Elvis-related content that's exciting and fresh for today. Of course, you can't celebrate Elvis today without remembering the times of yesterday. This is why we are also focusing on additional content that will educate us and bring us back to the historical days when Elvis was not just in our hearts, but also alive and well here on Earth. We are bringing you the stories of people that knew him, people we have had on the show as our special guests already, include as his close friend and spiritual mentor Larry Geller, his first National Fan Club President Kay Wheeler, and tonight, his friend Don Wilson. Don Wilson.
1: Okay, so this stuff you already know, but tonight we are super pleased to announce that we made some updates on how you can get your Elvis fix with the help of TCB Radio Network. Our ultimate goal since day one was to bring you all this awesome Elvis content in several ways so that you can choose your favorite and we can meet you wherever you are. TCB Radio Network is officially a multimedia platform including a blog, social media, videos, soon to be printed works, regular live broadcasts, and now we were stepping up and enhancing our podcast game. So for those of you that aren't familiar, I know you're listening to the podcast now, so you probably know this. A podcast is going to be all audio. It's going to be downloadable from your PC or your mobile device, where a Facebook Live broadcast, obviously, we're going to be able to include video over there every week. So we hope you'll meet us at both. And we thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And we look forward to meeting you here on the The podcast. And next, we're going to explain a little bit more about the difference between our Facebook Live episodes and our podcast episodes.
0: As of tomorrow, April 25th, in addition to Facebook Live, it is official. TCB Radio Network can now be found on iTunes in podcast form. Now, if you remember and caught our podcast before now over on iTunes, it was basically just a recording of our Facebook Live episodes. Now, instead of being just a rebroadcast of Facebook Live, it's going to be a unique facet of the show and a way for us to give you even more Elvis. The podcast will be the central place that you can catch all of our special guest interviews. Just like always, TCB Radio podcast episodes will be available to you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, absolutely free of charge on TCBRadioNetwork.com iTunes and other locations on the web are being added. You'll be able to tune in whenever it's most convenient for you. We are lining up celebrities, authors, Elvis fan club presidents, artists, musicians, and so much more. Our thanks goes out once again to Lee Douglas of Old Time Rock and Roll for being our audio engineer and helping us to make all this possible. So what does this mean? Well, you'll still want to catch Facebook Live each week on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, because this, and our rebroadcast over on YouTube, will be the only place that you can catch our This Day in Elvis History segments, including video. Facebook Live will also still contain our guest interviews, but they will be broken up in parts, spread out over two weeks of Facebook Live. Just like always, our favorite part, is that on Facebook Live, We can talk and interact live with you all. Here at the podcast, you'll be able to catch extra news and information that won't be broadcast on Facebook Live, and you'll get our celebrity interviews all in one episode.
1: How exciting! And I want to thank co-host Peter Alden. This was all his uh, brainchild, and we knew forever that we wanted to have a podcast. We just weren't sure how to make it special and different from Facebook Live And now we know, and we're so excited that you're here for our very first episode. So next up, we're just going to do some Elvis news. Uh, We were going to briefly cover this on Facebook Live, but thought we'd go a little bit deeper with it here on the podcast. Also on Facebook Live, you'll be able to see a picture of what I'm talking about tonight. But basically, for April 25th, 2018, we want to let you know that a rare poster from Elvis Presley of a 1955 Elvis Presley show in Raleigh, and that's the one that went up for auction, and it's believed to be the only poster in existence of this kind. So it went for a whole lot of money. The bidding opened at $5,000 and the final price far exceeded expectations. Most thought most thought it would only sell for about 20 grand. And actually, the final bid and selling price on this piece of Elvis history was $42,500. The poster, again, is from May 19, 1955. It's the only known copy in existence for one of Elvis Presley's earliest concerts and was for sale through Heritage Auctions Entertainment Auction. Elvis performed at the City Auditorium in Raleigh, North Carolina as part of a Grand Ole Opry All-Star Jamboree. And uh, Mr. Moon, I guess he was the guy that sold the po- or for the auction house, but he said for it to go that high was well beyond everyone's hopes, including the consigner. Uh, and everyone was surprised. Now, this poster again was unique because Presley was lower on the lineup on this poster. Top billing is given to Hank Snow, Farron Young, and a whole bunch of other people. You can find Elvis's name closer to the bottom. Now, both buyer and seller prefer to remain anonymous, but the buyer is from California. The poster was made by the iconic Nashville-based Hatch Show print and captures a key time in Elvis's career where he was not yet as famous as he would become. Presley was still playing package shows like the WSM Grand Ole Opry tour that spring, which would continue into the fall, but his career exploded in early 1956 when Heartbreak Hotel became his first number one hit and he made his television debut. Now this poster is definitely the most I've ever sold an Elvis poster for and it just backs up his enduring popularity, said Moon from the mid-50s and before. He was really discovered. That is the kind of memorabilia that the the buyers really want. So that's why it sold for so much and surprised everyone. Over forty-two thousand dollars. We thought it would only go for about 20 grand. Uh this rare Elvis Presley concert poster. Uh, We've got a picture of the poster and more over on our TCBradionetwork.com website and blog. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and move forward and bring you our special guest interview for this week exclusively on TCB Radio Network. Here's the one with Don Wilson. Don Wilson has been a Hollywood insider for over 20 years. Tony Curtis himself has said that Don has his pulse on the pulse of Hollywood. Don first met Elvis Presley at the age of nine, and in later years, he was able to visit Elvis every now and then. Not only did Elvis call Don a friend of his but many of his inner circle did as well he's a contributing author to a book called blue suede shoes the culture of elvis written by tom gilbert don is also a recording artist and he has been a production consultant on many video and book projects He's the former senior vice president of the Southern California Motion Picture Council. He was an executive award presenter. And in uh, 2014, Don was awarded the Golden Halo Nomination Excellence Award from the Southern California Motion Picture Council. And right now, where it seems everyone is talking about Elvis the searcher, Don has a unique perspective because he was a production consultant for the definitive Elvis DVD series. He arranged and conducted hundreds of interviews for the 16-hour series. It's even listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest documentary ever produced. This seems like it might be the longest introduction ever produced. <laughs> he has so many accolades. You can visit Don at. Facebook.com slash Elvis Presley Network and Don Wilson's Hollywoodbeat.com. Don Wilson, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us today.
2: Well, hello there, Krista. It's always nice to talk to you.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you coming back on. You were our very first interview on TCB Radio Network way back in September of 2017, and we're just delighted to have you back to tell more Elvis stories today.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's always great to talk about uh, E and uh also, yeah, I, I can't, did I do all that, all the stuff that you, <laughs> I,
1: I, you <laughs> I, know, you, <laughs> there's probably a bunch very of,
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember all that. <laughs>
1: I actually, I left something out that we should probably open the show with. You are a manager for the beautiful, talented Mindy Miller, and, uh, so I just want you to have a chance to talk about her a little bit, and how she's available for booking.
2: Yeah, she is available for bookings, and, uh, you, you can contact, uh, me, uh, just go to, the website www.donwilsonshollywoodbeat.com, Wilson's Hollywood com and uh, Mindy's got a page there and it, uh, there's a contact information a, se- a section there and you can if you're interested just contact me and I'll make sure to uh, talk it over with Mindy and so forth you know because you know obviously we can't get you know her, personal information
1: on the air <laughs> right right well you're you're so busy and that's just another facet to what you do we love Mindy we've had her on the show several times so our audience is very familiar with her and um we'll definitely put you in contact if we hear from somebody that needs a speaking engagement oh. from Mindy oh
2: yeah I love Mindy so many of the fans do and I talked to her quite a while several years ago about getting on the Facebook and you know, she finally got on, you know, a couple of her friends, I think, talked her into it. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, now she's met so many fans, you know, from all countries
1: mm-hmm. that you can
2: imagine all over the world. And they just love her. And uh, she's about the most down-to-earth, you know, sweet gal that you'd ever want to meet
1: she really is we love her to death well we wanted um now on the last show we talked briefly about how your Elvis story began because you were you were very young so maybe briefly if you would for me just tell everybody about um, how it all started in 1970 when you were just nine years old
2: yeah coming to meet Elvis at um, the the Astroworld Hotels where I first met him you know I, I just you know I, I, didn't really know we were gonna go see him, and, you know, cause at that time, uh, the rodeo was, you know, touting all of the different names, like there was Buck Owens and Roy Clark, they were really hot on Hee Haw at the time, and I really wanted to go see them, cause I thought the Hee Haw girls were gonna show up, of course they didn't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bobby Goldsboro, uh, and then there was Elvis, and then, uh, well my father told me, he says, we're gonna go see Elvis, and, uh, and uh not only that, you know, he'd arranged it to where I could go backstage with, with him and uh it's the first time that I met Colonel Parker, Joe Esposito and you know, you go down the chain of command and, and there's Elvis, you know. And, uh make a long story short, he said, I am Elvis Presley, like I didn't know. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh I um uh, I told him my name, you know, and I had my album of uh, "Clambake" of all things that I brought to him and he said man you like this album and I said yes I do and he said well Guitar Man uh, Big Boss Man you know some good songs in this album <laughs> and uh, but uh, anyway he tousled my hair a little bit and um, you know just um, was just so genuine and nice and I was nervous at, at when I first met him but Elvis had this way of just putting you at ease and uh, we saw a couple of his shows there, and uh, far, I first met Priscilla, you know, there at the Astrodome uh, at that time. So, hmm. uh, you know, I, I can think of it, and it's like yesterday, but I can't believe how long ago it really was. And, you know, when uh, then seeing Elvis, you know, just electrify the Astrodome with the tens of thousands that were there, you know, they're screaming their heads off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there was one little incident there, uh, where they had a little run through. Now, I, I wasn't at this particular time with Elvis, but Cliff Gleaves, what Elvis' buddies was. And, uh, when Elvis was supposed to go around, uh, in a Dodge picket truck, which he, he did later, and waved to all the fans, uh, Cliff Gleaves told Colonel Parker, there's this, uh, Uh, it was like a pole or something that was obstructing, uh, you know, when they had it set up for the livestock show or what have you. And the colonel uh, said, well, what about it? He says, if Elvis goes right by and hits that, you know, knock his head off. And colonel said, you're right. And so he, he had somebody come and cut that portion off there. So Cliff was pretty smart. Not a lot of people know who Cliff Williams was, but you know, that's a whole show in itself. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of memories come back to me. So you trigger me, personally. You ask me. Briefly,
1: <laughs> well, um, you told a great story about um, now. When was the next time you saw him? Though after you met him, when you were nine, tell us about the next time you saw him. Do you remember?
2: Well, yeah, uh, that was uh, the next year, and uh, saw him in Dallas. On November uh, thirteenth, yeah, and um, (laughs) yeah, it was. uh, He was. We were. My father was with me, of course, and uh, we were talking Western trivia, and uh, you know, and you know, like Tom Mix's horse, what was his name, or Gene Autry's horse, or Roy Rogers, and so forth. And uh, and Elvis, uh, my dad had this thing, you know, about. The old West movies and stuff, you know, Western stars and so forth. And then uh, Elvis looks at me and said, "How do you know all about this stuff?" You know, he said, "You're not old enough." And I said, "Saturday mornings." Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
2: well, anyway, uh, we saw him briefly. You know, I just did a little bit of that, and then uh, watched the show. And then eight days later, uh, my parents and sister were, were killed. There was a train that hit them head on. Um, and so I lost my family, and then uh, I, I wrote to Elvis and told him about it, and I got a condolence card a little bit later on, because he was on the road or something, and, but uh, then I saw him in uh, San Antonio in 72, and that, as I think of it chronologically, you know, I can remember things, it's just uh, a lot of, um, well, I'll tell you what he did, is that uh, he, uh, Joe Esposito writes' where i you know go see him and uh, he hugged me and you know and he told me he said i know how difficult it is to lose your family but as a great philosopher said to, to uh well I mean I, I forgot it you have to freeze it just a second mm-hmm. uh, as a great philosopher once said to, li- to live in the hearts that we leave behind is not to die that's mm-hmm. what he said Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to think about it for a minute. It's been so long ago. My aunt wrote it down. And that's how I was able to remember it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Elvis was. After that, you know, I'd see him five minutes, ten minutes here, and eventually, you know, got to go and see him at Graceland.
1: So, yeah. So, and how much longer was that? Was there a big gap in time between, or when did you first see him at Graceland?
2: It was around 74. 74.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um,. Of course, um, seeing Elvis uh, Grayson, you know, there's another chain of command too. there's his, his master, you know, and he would called up to the house or whatever, and, and uh, then Harold Lloyd, he was, you know, but he was my next door neighbor a few years later. But anyway, go go up to see Elvis, and he, he was he was having some fans around him. He he came less and less to sign, but. There was this one instance where he was. um, There was a stump, a tree stump at Graceland. He had his foot propped up there, and he was signing, you know, autographs on his knee. And to show you Elvis's sense of humor, one girl came up to Elvis and said, "Elvis, can I kiss you on your stump?" And he says, "Honey, if you can find it, go ahead."
1: And then was it not too soon after that when Richard Davis uh, wrecked his car? Well, first, let's go back and explain who Richard Davis is for people that don't know. Well,
2: well yeah, because we can go on for hours and, you know, talk about these things. People say, who, what, where, where? Richard was one of the first guys around Elvis that I had met. And um, he left Elvis because of a pinched nerve in uh, his his neck, or his, or his upper back, that is. But anyway, uh, it seems like Richard was always uh, doing uh, stuff for Elvis in, in like in the middle of the night or, or something, you know, even sometimes when he wasn't on the payroll. but anyway, uh, Richard nine times out of ten would drive a girlfriend or, or someone that he's seeing home. you know, Elvis rarely did that. So driving uh, this Elvis's, I believe he was driving his stunts. And he he drove this girl home, but outside of her apartment was like this metal uh, bar, like right where the parking area is. And uh, Richard bumped into that and damaged the the front end of Elvis's car. Mm -hmm. And then so he's like, oh man, oh great. So he goes in and Elvis is sitting there watching TV and Richard says, Elvis, he said, I, I got to tell you something. He said, don't bring me down, man. He said, it, it, you know, if, if it catches up a tree or something, I don't want to know. I'm in good mood. And he says, box your car. My car? What do you mean my car? And he said, and he explained it. And he came out and he said, oh, that's nothing to it. Don't worry about it.
1: Oh, shoot. Uh, that's, that's the bullet. On that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Richard and
0: Davis him, disappeared yeah. and no one's heard from him since. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Richard told me,
2: uh, I wasn't here for this, but you know, Richard told me that, uh, Elvis would read the paper on you know, like Sundays or, whenever the, uh, the ads for sales and stuff would come out. And Elvis was like uh, anyone else, you know. There's a sale at Kmart. He said, "Well, I want you to." He made a list up, and you know, I want you to get five get five of these for so and so. Five of these for so and so, you know, and what have you. And Here's my credit card, and so. Richard would go down there and say, I want this, 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 this. this. Why do you want so much? He said, Oh, it's for Elvis. Well, he brought it back. Elvis looked at the receipt. He said, That's not sale price. He said, Go back and tell them that I want it at sale price, he said. And he said, I don't want them to take advantage of me just because, you know, my name.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And so, anyway, Richard did it. And he said, Look, Elvis says that you give him the sale price or you take it all back. So they they happily gave him the sale price. But it's um, <laughs> so just like Scatter, you know. You, you saw him on the Bill Killebrew's TV show. He said, I want that guy. You know, and he got
0: scattered, you know. The, chim- the chimpanzee,
1: <laughs> <You> know? yeah. <laughs>
0: right. So, so the rumors are true Elvis was a fan of the Kmart Blue Light Special. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, but he was not able to
2: actually be a Kmart guy. Right. He knew about him, <laughs> right, 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 Peter, right.
1: So he said, "Go get me, go get me that chimp I saw on TV." All and...
2: right, yeah, Bill Kilbey was a guy. Uh, of course, this is before the time that I was ever uh, around Elvis, and uh, he had this this car to where it looked like Scatter was driving it, mm-hmm. but of course. The, the, the actual driver, Bill, you know, was right behind him, you know, but it, it would turn a lot of heads, in
1: Memphis, you know. <laughs> I heard but, about uh, that.
2: <laughs> but I, I'd get Richard, you know, and, you know, and Charlie Hodge, you know, and they tell me about Scatter, because that was for my time. And mm. they said the Scatter uh, would, uh, you know, pull the girls' dresses up and everything, and, you know, hide into the shower, and the girls come into the bathroom, you know, <laughs> steal their jewelry hide it underneath the piano or wherever else he could, you know, uh, drank straight scotch. Uh, <laughs> I always had a little home for him out in the back, you know, even air conditioned, you know. But um, Richard, uh, I said, well, whatever happened to Sky, he said, I think the maid killed him. Yeah. And uh, because one time, you know, he scared her. I had up her shoes and the next this morning that, you uh, they found him and he was gone, but that's mm-hmm. another story. Well, one time, you know, he, It's not really funny, and and, and it has the elements of it, but you know, the reason that they had to get scattered out of Bel Air, California, was that he ran next door, and there's a family, I mean, a couple having a party there, and uh, he came screaming and everything, and you know, people falling in the pool and everything, but it upset the the wife of this uh, fellow so much that she, she miscarried, and so, but um, hmm. one one time that uh, he ran up into the president of MGM, his office, and then he called out, he said, he said, Is this Elvis's chip? He said, Get him off the lot or Elvis is gone. <laughs> so, uh, he can
1: wreaking I, uh, havoc. Everywhere he went, he was wreaking havoc. <laughs> right.
2: That's right. Elvis was kind of like me in a way because, you know neither one of us can really tell jokes well so <laughs> he, he would do his best and he would start a joke like one time you know he was talking to the president of MGM and, and he forgot to punchline and he's like Oh,
1: I'll try to do you later. later. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I but. shared you. I know you got to watch all of Elvis the Searcher. I only got to see maybe the first thirty minutes. I'm hoping to catch it later on. We've got it recorded, but I loved your review and I shared it on our page. And of course, it all got all kinds of comments. And um, so I, I just, I love that you have this unique perspective. I mean, you've probably made the best documentary that ever was about Elvis. And you had Thank some you. interesting thoughts on the searcher, so um, you want to share with everybody just kind of an overview of what you what you thought and what you felt. I think most people have seen it by now, so we don't have to worry about spoiling it for everybody.
2: Well, yeah, I'd like to uh, preface it by saying that Priscilla uh, and I have always gotten along. She's always been very nice to me all over the years when I do see her and so forth, but. I, like anybody, you know, was kind of taken in about rare footage Mm -hmm. or, you know, and so forth. It was few and far between, so I was really disappointed. And uh, I like Jerry Schilling, but I think that um, personally that they could have used more uh, viewpoints besides just Jerry. I mean, I was happy that they used Sam Phillips and the late Chris Beard, who worked on uh, Elvis' 68 special, who was a friend of mine. And they got Steve Bender, but... You know, Bruce Springsteen and John Landau kind of helped save it, but they really didn't need any one of them either, because it's just more of star power, really. I mean, Bruce um, was is a fan, of course, but I think that... Uh, it, uh, it has a little view of it. it's a little tunnel vision view, you know. They could have gotten other people that had known Elvis. I was very surprised that they didn't use uh, some archival uh, recordings of Joe Esposito or Charlie Hodge. Um, you know, not using Joe or Charlie, or and not using George Klein. Now, I know that yes. you know, and there's if George didn't do a new recording, they had plenty, have plenty of audio of him so yeah there's some footage but not enough you know for the hype and for someone that's a novice than seeing Elvis for the first time like a story it was good but it left you wanting more at the end because it kind of cuts off after the divorce in 73 and then kind of says, well, you know, Elvis did concert tours and that. dah dah. It's like he didn't do anything mm-hmm. of any great magnitude after, you know, the, the divorce,
0: which is not
1: That's true. kind of typical of Elvis Presley Enterprises, I think. Don,
0: I have to say that um, the, the one, because like you said, I got sucked in, too, with the, uh, all this unreleased footage and, and that kind of stuff. What I did find that I really enjoyed, though, was finally, once again, hearing a little bit from Red West.
2: Yes, I was very surprised, and I'll say that Red was a very good friend of mine, and uh, the shame of it all, I mean, to just be blunt about it, is during his lifetime, uh, our Sonny's, you know, that they didn't, uh, E.P. did not use Red, or neither, or Sonny, you know. And so, now Red's gone, but you know, I heard Red. And the thing is, no matter, what the book or whatever what people think Red was very close to Elvis for over 20 years and it really helped hearing Red you know and, you know there were some hidden misses I mean there were some nice things that were included like Gladys Presley singing but here's Priscilla's talking over Gladys and I don't really blame Priscilla for that I, you know it's more of the uh, the editors but um Wonder you think, and there's some, like footage here and there. I know that they've got tons of stuff uh, from MGM that they could have pulled from. They only used Ernie lot but you know, it's the fans have been waiting 40 years just for something new, and she had the chance to really show it, and she didn't. Mm. And it kind of leaves me, left um, me cold at the end because it's. it's Elvis deserved more. I mean, it's good. It's very good. I'll put it that way. But it could have been so much better.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I saw that they used just flashes of the uh, of the 61 Pearl Harbor concert, and I know I would have loved to have seen more of that footage. Um,
2: yeah, there's tons of other stuff. And in fact, uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, they didn't use from Joe Esposito's home movies, because I know I've seen them all. And uh, uh, when Joe sent the uh, home movies to Charlie, he sent uh, at least a copy of the original, I don't know if it was original or not, but, and then uh, when Charlie was doing a um, tour with them, was, I think it was called Life of Elvis, and I helped write out the script, and I helped You know, and they have this
0: based on feedback that we've gotten through our show and through some other things we've done i think the fans are believe it or not between 74 and 77 that's what they're clamoring for um because if if you listen to even just some of the bootleg recordings of elvis some of his best vocal work was between 73 and 77 where he just he just hit hit things that were incredible, and you're like, why are they not showing this?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised that, um, well, all of that Dream Records, that's really a good label that they've got. Uh, I'm glad that they're starting to release that, at least on audio. So, I mean, the fans can tell by listening, you know, how great Elvis's vocals were. Up to the end, his voice mm-hmm. got better and better. And, uh, I mean, elvis the reason Elvis... Laid on his back, sometimes singing a song like "Hurt," is because he could. Do you know how tough that is to sing on your back? Well, and Peter
1: knows he's hurt? done it. <laughs> I, it's funny you
0: should say that, Tom, because I did. Somebody challenged me to do it, and I, and I did.
1: So how was it? It was hard. It,
0: it is very difficult to sing <laughs> on your back. Yes.
1: That's too funny.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: I know. Yeah. It's, the thing is, and all this was so funny, you know. Sometimes I mean, there's a lot of different. Little, See, i've got some home movies and stuff but they're not going to contact me and you know what what really got me and i always preface it by saying i like priscilla but she said this is the the, the definitive elvis documentary and uh it was almost like
1: i you don't know like no i that. produced that <laughs> <laughs> right
2: right and, but um I remember when I got Joe Esposito involved in it a year after I started it. How the whole thing started was briefly. Uh, 1976, Wink Martindale had an excellent documentary uh, for radio called The Elvis Presley Story, which was 12 hours long. And for 12 hours, I sat and uh, listened to it, recorded it, you know, and then I said, if only that was on video. And then uh, I moved to Hollywood, and then uh, I was with Jeanie Carmen, one of Marilyn Monroe's friends. And This guy was walking around, and, he, and he's trying to get interviews, and he wanted to interview her. And she he said, this is the guy you need to talk to. Next thing you know, I'm down a couple weeks later at the CEO's office and working on a documentary. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I didn't like it. And I said, and then Joe didn't like it either. And uh, it was kind of too much National inquiry. He said, well, what would you do differently? And I said, well, I told him about the Martindale show. And I, and he said, let's do it 16 hours. It was his idea to do 16. He said, because of August 16th, he said, we can we can get uh, those out. We can play one a night on some television station from January, August 1st to the 16th. And he said, I said, he said, can you do it? I said, yeah, he says, you start tomorrow. And for a year, I did it alone, and then uh, I called Joe Esposito. And what happened was, is uh, he was visiting George Barris. Uh, of course, he did all the great cars and so forth, you know, like the Batmobile, and you know, the monster coach for the monsters, and was a friend of Elvis and Priscilla. And then I told Joe about it. He said, yeah, I'll come down. Next thing you know, Joe's on board. Joe's in the next office to me, and Priscilla did call him and knew about what was going on pretty much all the time. I had Jerry Schilling on him, you know. But um, there was, I can't, I'm not going to say it on the air, but there were two people that, if we had taken them out, that uh, they would have, I'm told, would have come on board and released it as an EPE product, but we didn't mm-hmm. do it. And it was really not my to me, it was up to the CEO, and uh, that's that, but mm-hmm. I'm still proud uh, of the series.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you definitely should be, and I hope that in the future there'll be a way that it can be re-released. Um, I did some Googling, Don, and I know you saw this as well, but it looks like uh, there's a set available on eBay for about $450, <laughs> seriously, like I just saw it on Google. <laughs> So um, there's still lots of interest in it, and I hope that someday it can be re-released somehow.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't... I'm not at that end of it, but, uh, yeah, I, I've seen those prices. just unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I used to see it for maybe 200 but, you but know, now it's, it's really gone sky high. But that's what happens. Mm-hmm. It shows what the fans really want, and not knocking Priscilla or Jerry uh, it was good but you know we worked on that thing for three years you know I mean there's people on there that are gone that you'll never hear from again you know Mm -hmm. and uh, I remember just how happy Joe was it was like one day um, we had Steve Bender we had Chris Beard we had Alan Bly we had Lance LeGault we had just you know everybody that was with the 68 special, you know, Scotty uh, was unable to do it, but we got DJ. And uh, it was like old home week, you know, and some of these people Joe hasn't even seen in years. And so, uh, and Joe was very camera shy, really. And I said, well, Joe, let's take some pictures, you know, you don't know know, when we'll see these people again. He's like, okay, okay. (laughs) And so I took a picture with Joe and then, that he'd take a picture of me or whoever and then that's really what uh we're starting the definitive Elvis uh page on right now and you know like well, we'll i i kept everything so um as we go along we'll, there'll be more stuff you know mm-hmm. but of interest to fans like Elvis and photos and so forth but
1: well, and there's still so much to talk about with the series, which leads me to um, your new Facebook page that you just set up, that everybody needs to go visit and like. Can you talk about that?
2: Sure. It's uh, Well, you know, I've gotten so many different uh, requests over the years. Well, well, where can we go uh, to the Santa of Elvis? And I said, well, you know, it's not made anymore, and this and that, but we want to know more about it. Well... This is all I can really think of doing right now. And um, so, so far I've, you know, put some uh, in office memos with Joe and so forth, but if, the, uh, and photographs that were taken while we were doing the, docu- the documentary, and if any of the fans want to go to it, just go to Facebook and type in at the definitive Elvis in search and it'll come right to the page.
1: Yes. Like you said, really cool, that's, you know, you have memos from um, Joe and things like that that you're showing, so it's it's cool to just be a fan of the page, and don't forget with Facebook, it's not just enough to be a fan, you have to subscribe to the notifications so that you're notified when um, Don posts something new. So just contact me. If you need me to show you how to do that, I'll be happy <laughs> to show you. But that's key because otherwise it just gets lost in your feed unless you go and search for it. So don't just like it. Go ahead and, and subscribe to the notifications. And um, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? We we would love to see the series come back out somehow, some way. But in the meantime, we have the fan page so we can keep track of what's going on.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh appreciate that shout out. And like I said, uh, it was really a labor of love, you know, to do that, that series, and um, it was, you know, it's just every day was like Saturday,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But,
2: and uh, we went all over for that, and then uh, I even talked to some movie producers. Um, I mean, I still have uh, interviews that I can't release, but that weren't released, you know, all the series, you know, I mean, I remember we went up to see Jules uh, Levy and Arthur Gardner and uh, originally they are the ones that produced The Rifleman and The Big Valley and they also did um, a couple of John Wayne movies as well as Elvis's *Clambake*. <laughs> and so, and, and Arthur Gardner was 90 years old when I, I, I was sitting down talking to him, you know, and it was It was really, I don't know why they didn't use it, but um, um, they loved working with Elvis. And I remember right next door to their office was John Wayne's office. And um, of course he'd been gone a long time, but he let me in there. And uh, it it was just as if the Duke was gonna walk in at any time. And so, you know, there's a lot of memories there and Elvis loved the Duke too. In fact, uh, Joe Esposito told me that uh, they used to have lunch uh, at uh, Paramount together, and uh, he did want uh, uh, John Wayne did want Elvis for True Grit, but there was uh, this thing about Colonel Parker wanted Elvis's name above John Wayne's, and he wanted more money than what their production company was going to charge, and so and uh, so Wayne, his daughter liked Glenn Campbell, so they picked Glenn. Uh, but, you know, Elvis was really gracious about it, and Glenn Campbell told me that uh, Elvis had had him, had Glenn, and his wife then, Billy, you know, uh, screen it, I think, at the Memphian, you know, right after it came out. And, mm. uh, Glenn was, uh, and Elvis got along really well, and Glenn, I guess, of all the celebrities that I've ever known or met, was the biggest Elvis fan that you could imagine.
0: Wow. <laughs> i'm just i'm trying to imagine elvis and true grit with john wayne that would have been that that would have been (laughs) fantastic oh yeah
1: well don i so appreciate your time with us today i know you're a busy guy i want to get you i want to let you get back to to your real life but i thought in closing it might be fun if you if you can think of a story that you kind of wish people would ask you about that you don't get to tell very often or a question about Elvis that you don't get to answer very often. Maybe we'll have you close with that as our our final question for you.
2: Well, I think what it is uh, that I'd like to share with people, a lot of fans probably really know this, but Elvis, uh, I'll preface it by saying that The Searcher was kind of a uh, misleading title. You know, first thing I thought of, like, Larry Geller should be in that. that's the spiritual side of Elvis. Uh, Elvis had a very spiritual side. And, uh, you know, we, we, we would talk about, uh, that type of thing, you know, and spirituality. But Elvis was very well read and he was very intelligent. And his capability of listening to two or three things at one time amazed me. I mean, Elvis could have two TV, uh, programs all at the same time, follow them, and then he could have a radio station playing music, and he would, you know, change channels, and I said, Elvis, how do you do that? He said, man, I don't want to miss anything. Hmm. He didn't want
1: to miss a thing. Yeah, right. Maybe somewhere, somehow, he knew he had a short time, only a short time to be with us, and didn't want to miss a thing. Well, my goodness, Don Wilson, thank you so much for this outstanding time and talk with you and sharing with our listeners and friends at tcbradionetwork.com.
0: Oh, it was always, it's always a pleasure to talk to both of you. Thank you, Don.
1: All right, and make sure you don't miss a thing, just like Elvis. We want you to catch us on Facebook Live each Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Our new podcast episodes will be released each Wednesday, and we'll meet you right back here next week and also over at tcbradionetwork.com.
0: Absolutely. You guys have been a fantastic audience. Thank you once again for joining us. And until we see you again, adios.